Aloha and welcome. You're listening to Soul, your host for Pay Me What I'm Worth Talk Radio. Imagine me bowing in gratitude before you for taking the time to join us on a special journey. Did you miss a week? No worries. Listen to all of our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. Again, bit.ly forward slash pay radio. To get one reminder of our next show, be sure to click on the follow button up at the top of the page. And now it's time to sit back and to learn along with the rest of us. Get ready to meet some amazing souls as they make real changes in daily life. I recommend you find some notepaper, then get ready to enjoy a few ahas as you listen to this show. I'm delighted and thrilled to introduce you to Christina Irvin, team leader for Team Clarity. Hello, I'm Christina Irvin, and I'm happy to extend this special invitation for you to eavesdrop on Team Clarity's discussion as we dive into the next exercise of Pay Me What I'm Worth. Next, let's meet the rest of the team. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. Hi, this is Marcia Sertino, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Hello and welcome from the gorgeous state of Wisconsin. This is Patty Anderson. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Julia Cologne from the city that never sleeps, New York City. Team Clarity members share their class time with us for two main reasons. Reason number one, they want those they hold near and dear to know about the changes that they're making on multiple levels. As they change, by listening to these classes, people who know Team Clarity members may opt to change along with them. Reason number two, to share their stories with you. I bet their stories and life lessons will inspire all sorts of ahas for you too. Okay, time to start the class. Welcome to month number four. Christina, based on what you were hearing in last week's episode and what you all had a chance to digest from our kind of trip down memory lane and some observations from where we've been on our journey so far, before we flip the page into month number four, what are some quick ahas, some quick observations? One of the things that stands out for me is the difference in looking at ourselves with traits and skills and how those are different. I thought that was really profound when you start looking at what you list as skills, and I realized that a lot of those were really traits. Which is great because that seeds our work for what we're going to be doing this month. It's not a bad thing that you came up with a bunch of traits. It's actually quite good. If we start breaking those traits down, you'll see the effectiveness of building your skill list. As you were doing your one-page summaries to sum up your adventure with your skills inventory, How'd that go? What were some of your ahas? And they're all going, well, I haven't done my one-page yet, Soul, so you better move on because I haven't done it. The biggest aha was, again, another level of waking up to who I am and what value I bring to the table for me and, and for the world. I no idea at the moment, like I can't put my, put my finger on exactly the things, but the fact that I have completely hidden 
from myself this whole time. It makes it easy to, one, understand. People look at you and they think, oh, you're a fantastic person and you have so much value and you're so knowledgeable and, you're so, and you have all of this. Like I think overall people have a very high esteem of me, right? But I also realize, my gosh, if, if people feel this way, if I have an effect on people now, good Lord, what kind of cause, what kind of effect can I have on people when I fully realize my value and my skills? It's, it gave me a lot of encouragement, confidence, hope, all of that. I'm tingling as you say this. I mean, I'm literally like that sensation you get in your leg when it falls asleep. That's what my whole body feels like right now, Christina, when you just shared that. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with you, Christina, 100%. feel the same way. With one, I'm doing a one-on-one coaching, and I wasn't even aware what I was saying, but I remember telling my coach, put this ad out there, and I, and I did this, and I did that, and I got so-and-so amount of subscribers to my webinar, and I said I was totally shocked at the, the people that responded and subscribed, and he was like, why? You got to stop saying that because you are valuable. You are. You are worth it. And he just talked to me, and I, I didn't realize what I was saying, and I was kind of like sabotaging myself. So being aware of who we are and the values that we have Yes, it is frightening, but we have to embrace it so that we can accept it and just life becomes easier and we just don't doubt ourselves. Because I was in the beginning, I was doing the work, I was doubting myself as a person and believing that I didn't have the value because of what I was saying. I wasn't even aware that I was saying it. And also as we find the balance between what people think of me and feel about me and what I feel about me and how I feel about my work, the balance is going to give us more authority. It's going to give us a better base in order to build these relationships and to affect change. The more we are learning, I know for myself it's like walking with the shoulders back and the head up seems to be a lot easier. And I know the one consistent thing that I've noticed with any of my mentors, whether they be personal mentors that know they're my mentors or mentors that I plug into that don't know that they're my mentor, is that they are unapologetic about who they are, what they stand for. I know for me and the person that I want to be, the things that I want to do, the vision that I want to achieve, I've got to be absolutely unapologetic. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. I've come to find out that it's almost like I'm two different people. I'm the businesswoman, and then there's Julia, the personal Julia. And the personal Julia is unapologetic, and you know this, Christina. To me, it's like if I truly, truly believe in something, I'm just not going to apologize about it. It is what it is. I'm not going to change my mind. There's no, it's either, it's either yes or no, or black or white. There's nothing, there's no maybe, and there's no gray in between. But when it comes to my business, I'm a little more careful, a little more cautious, because I'm concerned what other people think. And so I'm just going to ask, Julia, do you recognize the opportunity? Because literally, your business is you. You are your business, correct? Yes, I am. That's that's what I'm saying. 
operating with that sense of doubt, guilt, shame, or worry, even in your business, wondering, concerned about other people's thoughts? Yes, this week has been a transformation for me because I have people reaching out to me. I have uh, two new girls on my team, and I just, (laughs) time is of the essence here. We don't have 48 hours in a day. We have 24 hours in a day. Everyone has to be responsible for themselves, and I just cannot honestly take the time to show them every, every single step. I'm going to have to give them the resources and be unapologetic about it because I also have a business to run. Before it wasn't that way, before I was showing them step by step and taking time, and it just set me back. As a businesswoman, I have to stand my ground just like I do personally. Are you finding now, with a more current awareness of your skill sets, you can say no without doubt, guilt, shame, and worry? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And it is fabulous. It is so refreshing and like you, you feel lighter. It's having authority. Well, and it's feeling that balanced comfort in knowing that you have that authority. I'm better able to delegate things that need to be done instead of trying to take it all on myself because I have so much to do at work that used to I try to do it all. And I found that it's been much easier for me to delegate and say, this is what I need you to do. And people have taken it very well. It's amazing. I think what you just said, Chelsea, is really profound, and I wanted to really kind of draw attention to it because you said people are taking it well. And we consciously know that people will rise up to boundary that you set. If I continue to take on more than what's mine to take on, then people are going to let me carry that big, heavy load, right? And they're going to hop in the wagon and add even more weight, and they're going to chill and ride while I'm killing myself pulling the big wagon and pulling all the extra load because that's just the natural nature of people. As you notice, when you find yourself really grounded because you know yourself, as you find yourself rooted in an awareness of who you are, what you are, and what you want to do, which is where we're heading, you're going to notice people no longer question your motive. They no longer question your authority. They no longer question your vision. That switches to, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Hey, wow, I want to be part of that. Tell me more. Yeah? Yes. 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 I had several what I would call adventures yesterday at work. One of those, the other social worker that works with me was out, and it was really busy, and this particular document needed to be signed. So I approached the nurse practitioner and I said, this is what you need to do. I'm working on this and this. So to let her know I was working on other things, this is what you need to do and where you need to fax it. And she said, okay. Before that, I would have become very frustrated and dropped what I was doing and gone into taking care of that simple act that anyone could have done. And she took it well. One other thing that I had an aha moment about, wait, so you opened the floodgates. <laughs> that was aha and like crazy. <laughs> but I have developed this habit of subtly suggesting with an expectation. And then when people don't respond the way I would have responded if someone had given me that subtle expectation or that subtle suggestion, 
then I get to feel some kind of way. Like I get in my feelings about it, right? And I had to, like, check myself and look in the mirror and say, Christina, you know, that first of all, expectation is, is wrong. And being subtle about it doesn't matter. If you want something, if you have a question, if you, would, if you desire something, say it. Right? Say it outright what you're thinking, and then allow other people their choice without expectation. Because all you need to do is handle you. Oh, I hope you remember what you just said when we get into chapters 9 and 10, because it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> Look, I never said that this was perfect. Oh. I said I'm working on this. <laughs> I had a, re- a realization. <laughs> a work in progress. Okay, let's reframe things, tidy up Chapter 2 so that we can get into Chapter 3. Who all here likes to cook? I, I want to pick on you if you like to cook. I do. Okay, Julia. Yes. When it comes to putting on a fabulous Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Walk me through the steps. Literally, what do you got to do from square one mm-hmm. to have people sitting around your table going, mm, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> from step one, I make a budget of how much I'm going to spend. I make a list of the things that are going to be made. Who's going to make what within that list because I don't cook everything. It's I have like Everyone who's coming brings something. Usually I make the pork rolls. I make buy like two or three of them. Three days prior to Thanksgiving, the first day, I soak it in vinegar, and the next day I clean it out, and then the following day I season it, and then that Thanksgiving morning I wake up and I start preparing my meal. I get up like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I put the, uh, the roast in the oven, and then I cook all the other stuff that, that's there. It, it, it can take about a good eight hours that I'm in the kitchen. So do the groceries magically appear in your cupboard? No, I have to go shopping. Yeah, I have to go get it. Yeah. And I usually have... go a month before because I don't want to be on that line. That big... <laughs> Does the <clears throat> tabletops get magically dusted and the toilet gets magically scrubbed oh and, no the cleaning and, and everything it's terrible it's just so much work it's not even funny <laughs> yeah you got to clean the house you got to mop the floor i steam floor my apartment you know, just because i don't want no bugs it's a lot of work furniture has to be clean the table has to be set it is a lot of work thanksgiving dinner is a lot of work yes it is and but it's Christmas a lot of fun when you're sitting there at your table and you're watching everybody enjoy your magical talents, you receive some great joy from that, right? Honestly, I'm so exhausted. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I just want everybody to go home. <laughs> All right, so for Julia's family listening to this, heads up, you better be bringing some more gifts and some, some certificates to the spa for the next day, okay? Got that? You know, no, no, no. You know what's so, what reminded me this year when I had um, a Thanksgiving dinner was my mom, she would always make dinner, and it was like she was the one that wasn't dressed because she was busy cleaning and cooking and doing it, and by the time everybody came, she looked like a mess. Mm-hmm. And... 
I, this Thanksgiving dinner was like, I look terrible. It kind of like reminds me of my mom, and I had to take a moment to at least fix my face up a little bit so we could take pictures. Oh, my God, I've turned into my mother. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so taking Julia's story with a little bit of prompting, who wants to venture, who wants to extrapolate Julia's story into what we've done in months one, two, and three together. We've been doing the house cleaning. <laughs> we've been preparing. We've been preparing for this big feast. Mm-hmm. What else? Didn't I ask you to go shopping? With the skills list. Isn't your shopping the skills mm-hmm. list inventory? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, does the grocery store that you shop at have the same thing in the same place every single time for the past decade? No. <laughs> so we had to My go point? explore the store. Yeah, you have to go store to store. Yeah, that's true. That's another thing, another skill. <laughs> What's my point? What oh, oh, and then, and then we, we had to kind of compare all these discounts that we've been given. Mm-hmm. And when it came to the material world, your chapter one, assessing your material world, had to scrub out your toilet for Thanksgiving people coming over, right? Yep. (laughs) You had to take assessment of how does your place look, what needs to be clean, what needs to be replaced, what needs to be updated, right? Yeah, correct. Right. So do you understand that what we're doing on our journey, you have been doing all of your lives, Yes. As you dive further into our journey, again, when you think, God, this is so much work. Oh, ah, I don't want to do this. I don't know how. It's like, (laughs) ladies, you've been doing it. You have been doing it. It's just I'm presenting it to you in a different way. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the end result is phenomenal. Yeah. And then it helps you realize whether, is it worth it? Is it worth doing these things? So now you're beginning to recognize Mm -hmm. all the different roads of poverty consciousness. My goal with this journey is to literally eradicate the feeder roots of poverty consciousness, meaning you pull up a weed and you look at the weed, you got the main stalk of the weed, and then you, if you look really closely, there are these little fine hair-like roots, Right. If you don't get those roots, if you don't get the feeder roots, they grow back, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes. Yeah. That's good stuff, poverty consciousness. Mm-hmm. With your refreshed awareness right now, my goal so far is you to become conscious of the fact that even though you may not have a trillion dollars in the bank, you've got memories that you would not, even if you did have that trillion dollars in the bank and you could write a check Christina Irvin could write a check to Chelsea Wells for $1 trillion and sell off all her joyful memories. Would you do that? No. No. Mm -hmm. What's my point? The journey may be really busy, and some of the caves that we've been exploring in ourselves could be hard, but for me it's well worth it with the end result. It's worth the journey and the exploring. And you're not going to give them up for nothing, are And you're you? not getting them up, exactly. 
and they're like, not taxable. They don't go out of style. I mean, every fall, there's the new fall fashions. Oh, my God, look at that. Julia's wearing last year's dress. Oh, my God. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Shocking. Absol- I can't associate with, but, um, Marsha, you know, the fact that you've worn this, the, the same dress twice to the functions. I mean, really, come on. <laughs> All the ways we discount ourselves because people don't know any better. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turning the chapter. Chapter three. Before we dive in, I'd like to spend the next 15, 20 minutes or so. I want to hear your dreams. One of the more frightening things when I go to parties, one of my standard get to know you questions after we've had the pleasantries and is your name really sold answer and we've worked through that yet again. Uh, (laughs) I will ask you, what are your dreams? And I will literally start counting 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. I will see how long it takes you to come up with an answer. And sadly, more often than not, people give me that control-alt-delete look. Huh? My dreams? What are you talking about? So I want to dip our toes into Chapter 3 by asking you all to venture. What are some of your bigger dreams? I'm not talking about dreaming about having a hot bubble bath after you get done with this phone call. I'm talking about what massive, glorious, juicy, sexy, mind-blowing dream do you have for your life right now? I want to be a motivational speaker. I want to inspire women. I want to help people believe in themselves. This was a a big struggle for me, uh, overcoming a lot of the uh, self-limiting beliefs that I had. That's why I am the way I am today, and I strongly believe in my capabilities in helping to inspire other women. I could literally visualize myself on stage speaking to people. I'd like to stamp out generational poverty, institutional awareness so that we can affect some change together. And we meaning all people that now are now awakened, you know. My dream is to be able to help other people who have grown up in such dysfunction that they feel that you can't have a better life. I want to be part of a movement that shows people that no matter what your environmental circumstances were, or even some of your genetics, you can overcome that and be who you want to be and do what you want to do. I do know that in my vision, I will be going back to Hawaii. I'm still searching really what I want to do but I believe that I keep seeing myself in a teaching position, whether it's a grand purpose of teaching people computer skills or teaching people how to find their worth, such as the one that we're on right now. That right there would be something that I can see myself doing. Wow. Cool. Yum. Here if you choose to accept it. 
is a homework assignment. And they're like, oh, Christ, Sol, you've given us 33 already. You're going to give us another one? Like, are you for real? This is how you tap into the law of attraction. Pretend you are a scriptwriter and that you are sitting in front of the most powerful people in Hollywood pitching your movie. Or maybe you're sitting in front of the most powerful publishers in the world and you're pitching your book and you're about to read them a little section of your book. You're about to pitch just one scene to the producers. And as we all know, the more specific you can be, the more specific I can be, the more I can inspire you to see that red apple with the juice of the apple popping out of it the moment my sharp knife cuts into the skin and you smell that wonderful scent of fresh apple. The more you smell that apple, the more likely your movie is going to be made the more likely your book is going to get published. Yeah? Yes. My dream, two minutes is my homework assignment for you. I want two minutes out of your dream day. I want two minutes so written out that I'm in it. I lose track of time. I lose track of space. I can smell what you're smelling. I can see what you're seeing. I can hear what you're hearing. I can feel what you're feeling. Two minutes of your dream day. I'm always playing with my two minutes. The one that came to me this morning, my two minutes is as I am slowly stretching in my king-size bed, waking up next to my partner who is giving me that hug and a kiss. And we recognize that we have another beautiful day to be of service together. We roll over and we look into each other's eyes with the biggest grin and a twinkle in our eye, knowing that what we're about to do, we're going to have to take a shower together afterwards. And as we're lathering each other up, we're expressing love and contentment. And as we're toweling each other off and we're heading hand in hand off to our breakfast at our community space in our intentional community that is serving people now for the past 35 years, they come to our intentional space to be silent and to grow. That we're going to meet someone today who just because he or I spends a two-minute embrace, and an embrace that is so body-encapsulating, it literally, we melt into each other. And that's just meeting each other, going into our breakfast community space. That that hug, that embrace, shifts such pain and suffering out of that person's body in an instant that they're free to dream. Beautiful. Let's get there, ladies. Make it concrete. I want it so concrete that in your mind, you've already done it. In your mind, it's already happened. You've put that reality out there. You've put it out there, and it's like the cosmic waiter or waitress is going, okay, Marsha, what's your order today? What two-minute celery makeup for you today? What's your, what's your order? And that cosmic waiter or waitress is writing down your order, sticking it into the cosmic kitchen, and the cosmic cook is going, up, oh, order up. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. 
So as we turn the page, we're now going to knit together what you've done so far. If you are aware, all right, chapter one, what did we do? We assessed your what world? Material world. You have a fresher sense of your material world now, right? Yeah? Yes. Chapter two, what did I do? The skills. Your internal world, right? Yes. Both chapters so far has focused on when you think of a timeline, past, present, and future, both chapters so far have focused on what? Chapters one and two have largely focused on what parts of that timeline? I'm going to say the past. 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 Mm-hmm. And present, because right now you're sitting right. in a chair that's part of your material world, yeah? Yes. Correct. <laughs> Where do you think we're going in Chapter 3? Our future. We're going LHS and in the future, buddy. <laughs> Why do you think it's important to get into your dreams when we get into the future? That's where your encouragement is. That's what pulls you. That's, when, that's what pulls you when you even have those moments where you want to revert back to those little roots. That future is what's going to pull you to say, no, do the work, eradicate that, and let's keep taking this step forward. Because you got it's so vivid that you've got to have it. You've got to reach it. I literally I was getting ready to say some of us are more in the future than us. I think Julia is already pricing pork roast as we speak, but I digress. <laughs> Actually, I have people coming over today for dinner, so I'm at the prep. I did it yesterday. <laughs> I guess this is a chapter for me. (laughs) So in our chapters together, weeks 13, 14, 15, and 16, let us take a little journey down that road so that you are aware of what you're going to see splattering against your windshield. Our first adventure, something to talk about. This is what we'll be doing next week. So folks listening in, heads up. This is what we'll be talking about next week. Let's explore. I'd like to hear stories right now. I'd like to hear a story from each of you how after the fact, they say 2020 hindsight's always perfect vision, yeah? Yes. I'd like to hear stories about how you went through a time where you thought you were getting screwed financially. I mean, really, totally screwed. You paid either too much money or you weren't getting paid enough money. You felt really rotten about it. But now 2020 hindsight has told you or helped you see that you had to go through that so that you wouldn't go through it again, meaning you wouldn't end up losing that amount of money again, meaning your experience was equally or more valuable than money. Or put it another way, maybe you worked at a job where you really felt exploited, but now because you quit that job and you've moved on, You recognize that you had to go through that job and you had to go through feeling exploited so you know now what not to do in the future. So that is, I don't even know where to begin. I just know that what I went through with my experience with both my older children and my career was important to me and so forth because I was a single mom and I had to support my children. I gave my all when I had my little one. I still was committed to my job. When it came to the bonuses and the raises, it really sucked. And I realized that I'm just not going to let someone dictate to me how much I'm worth. I'm not going to give and give for a whole year and not get a raise or bonus. It is not right. 
in order for me to get a raise and a bonus, do I have to stay late and sacrifice again like I did with my older children? No, it was not going to happen this time around. And I realized I had to go through that experience to realize the difference and what is important for me at this moment in my life to make me make the decision to resign from my job, become my own boss, and pay me what I'm worth. Say, when I lived in Kaneohe, I was a homeowner. And actually, I was a homeowner with my mom and my brother. But we lived in kind of like a duplex situation, so I lived in the upstairs. And after my kids had more or less moved out and been on their own, I had a few rooms that I could rent out. Well, I had a situation where friends needed a place to stay. And even after we agreed upon rent, they really started to take my kindness for weakness. And I went through this whole situation where I had to deal with these people just about every day, causing problems in the house, things that I just couldn't believe it because I had had such a peaceful time, existence, before they moved in. There were so many situations where I had to step in, and I had one person that actually, behind my back, had her sister come over from Las Vegas, and I came home from work one day, and there was her sister living in my house suddenly, and she had arrived with three of her kids, and because kind of a a close situation, almost family, but not quite family, (laughs) oh my goodness, I'll never forget that lesson. As long as I live, I literally had to get them out of my house. There was Girl, a dad, there were me. it was something else, and I will never forget that, as long as I live. Wow. So I can't help myself, Marsha. What was the lesson? <laughs> the lesson for me was that I will make sure next time that they understand if I ever rent to anybody again or if I ever have to do something legally speaking, it's going to be done through contract. And I will have my rights enforced. In relation to what we've learned in this course so far, would you amend that response any? And I'm curious, would you say that it was more a function of kindness or devaluing yourself? Oh, absolutely. It started off as a kindness, but I look at that when people start stepping all over you, your kindness really realized you have devalued yourself in this process because you're thinking more of the other person's situation than you are your own. Well, consciousness there of the the you versus me. The you versus me. The I statement. That I, I, I allowed all this to happen to myself. So that is a great lesson that I learned. So, Marsha, yes. if I told you that you were going to have to pay $10,000 to take a class on where you're going to be screwed over in your own home, would you write the check out? No way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> would you look at me like, Excuse me, what? You want me to take a class where I'm purposely going to get screwed over in my own... Are you crazy? Exactly. (laughs) But isn't that what you did? Exactly. That's what I did. Yes. 
And that was a great lesson to learn. I'll tell you, I will never make that mistake again, ever. Good example. Good example. Just really quickly, I think mine would be all these degrees. (laughs) I feel like I was cheated in, in the sense that I didn't get the value back in the education as much as I did the fact that I'm now loaded with the strain of ridiculous student loan debt. I didn't learn, I can't think that I, I don't think that I've learned anything from, so I've got four degrees, two masters, and I can't think of anything that I could applicably go into the workplace or into, yeah, into the workplace and hit the ground running on anything. I will say I did get some life lessons out of it. I learned some huge life lessons out of it as far as, never allowing someone to, never me taking the responsibility and never giving my joy to anyone. Now, that was a, a very painful experience to learn, but I did learn that. And I've learned so many other things as far as being conscious of really the fact that I got those degrees, doubt, and because of the shame of not meeting the expectations that everyone had of me. Yeah, that would be my my story comes from, I have uh, two brothers, uh, one a year younger than me and one two years younger. The middle child, my first brother, in and out of jail his whole life, had just spent 12 years in jail for being a thief, not even a smart one, but his heart. And he'd gotten out, and I thought he'd really changed. Why I thought it, I do not know. So I invited him to come and live with me in another state thinking that would give him a fresh start. Well, to make a long story short, he took so much advantage of me, and I allowed that, me thinking, okay, if he's here, he's not driving my mom crazy. Because if y'all remember, I've spent my whole life trying to make her happy and make her life better. He exploited me financially. I would be at work. He would have, I'd come home. There'd be all kinds of people in my house. And I would have to basically, without a better word, become the bitch and throw everybody out. It ended up, he got with some girl, he gets married, and now he's back in prison for life. So my life learned lesson is I can't do things because I feel like I'm doing it to make someone else's life better because it discounts and discounting me so bad. And I'm the one that truly in the end, had to learn to deal with all of it and move forward. And, of course, the lesson learned is not letting my family come and live with me again, especially under those circumstances, and to stop discounting myself and trying to please everybody but me. Very traumatic, and I want to encapsulate, Chelsea, your story because I want to realize that you're the only person left in the world who will ever have that happen to them ever again. And so I know that all the other listeners on this call and on this show, they're never, ever going to have people move into their home and take advantage of them ever again. (laughs) (laughs) It happens every day, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The point to my chapter three I want to start tapping into I want a little more clarity and awareness is part of the fact that when I choose to learn 
from anyone or anything. When I choose to learn from my successes, I choose to learn from my procrastination, I choose to learn from my absolute fantastic flaming failures. When I choose to learn, I'm paid. Learning, equal sign, worth. Absolutely. Yeah? Yes. Yes. So when I now ask you the question, are you paid what you're worth? What is your answer? You all are learning tremendous things. Yeah? Oh, absolutely. Okay. My question, do you equate learning with worth? Yes. 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 Are you paid what you're worth? Yes. Yes. Louder. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all going, great, we can quit this stupid course. It's taking too much damn time. (laughs) What you're about to experience now is you're going to start earning interest on your bank account. What we're doing now is chapters one and two, you've taken a good look at your assets. Mm-hmm. Let's start earning some interest on it, yeah? Sounds yeah. good. Okay. From a standpoint of just kind of giving you an overview of what's going to be coming up the line is as we get in touch with our facts, which is what we've been doing, right? Correct. Yes. You're all getting really intimate with your facts, yeah? Yes. You're beginning to see where you got taken advantage of because you operated on a fiction, Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Fiction's like if I'm kind, then somebody else should be kind, right? That's correct. Fiction's like if I put something out there that's so ungodly tempting, the worm on the end of this fish hook is so tempting and yummy and tasty and bright and vibrant and sparkly, you're a fool if you don't bite on my fish hook, but you didn't. So what's up with that? There's another fiction, yeah? Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to start looking at our facts and fictions now. And we're going to start validating our facts and popping our fictions by getting involved in people who have validated their facts and who have popped their fictions. Mentorship. We're going to look at the risks and rewards of mentorship. Okay? Okay. Perfect. Sounds good. And by the end of this chapter, no longer will I hear future-oriented statements about living your dream. You all are living your dream right now. Mm -hmm. I'm living my dream. Everyone listening is living their dream. It's how pleasant is that dream and how much more pleasant do you want it to be, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. If I could get through this phone, I'd hug you and smack you and hug you again. (laughs) Ah, yum. (laughs) That's good stuff right there, buddy. I'll take those virtual hugs and kisses any day. Thank you. (laughs) I feel worth it (laughs) because I'm worth it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how each week that I'm involved with this call, I can't wait till the next week for the call again. Well, start putting some juice into it by more activity in the back office stuff. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. 
by working in the back office, it's like cutting up the apples to make the apple pie so that when we're together on the phone call, we can all sit down to that fabulous slice of apple pie and go, mmm, what else? <laughs> My takeaway is, is to change that dream. Mm. I'll change that dream and root it with some healthy soil. I'm just glad that we are going into this chapter now because I am so looking forward to my future just to move forward in the chapters. I'm actually it's looking exciting. forward to the planning. Yeah. <laughs> the mm-hmm. planning of it. Yep. yep. So often we hear the, the cliches and we hear the big, huge, flowery, brilliant, sparkly analogies and explanations and inspirations, right, about dreaming, about vision, about why, about all those things. I was in that moment thinking about one word that Soul had said earlier, which was the poverty consciousness. I suppose that's two words, right? Poverty consciousness was what I was thinking about. And in my dreams, I am either exhibiting poverty consciousness or I'm not. For me, changing my dreams is every day, and even throughout the day, there's moments in the days where my poverty consciousness, either I'm in it or I'm not. So for me, one example is the fact that this is a holiday and I've got my parents coming and my house does look crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I will just say that I will not, absolutely not, miss the opportunity to do the work, even though there's this holiday coming. Because in this holiday, even presents more opportunity for me to be consciously aware and to do the work and learn and apply what we've learned and what we know is to come. So for me, I'm going to be taking full advantage of this holiday because there's going to be heightened opportunity for me to do some work even in this holiday, even in getting prepared for the family to come even in the moments when the family is here and it's all kinds of crazy and that little fat dog of theirs barking like crazy (laughs) and driving me in the moment. Like there is opportunity for me to learn and do the work and then value myself enough to say, you know what, guys, look, while you're in here watching the TV or whatever, I'm absolutely going to take some time and go put some thoughts in my blog because I, I need to get some stuff present in the moment before I lose this so that I can come back and do some more exploring on it. That's what I was thinking. And I have to so, say that when the family is here and Christina goes to do bloggings or posts, whatever she's doing, that they're not constantly saying, what's she doing? When's she coming back in here? Because they know that she is on the journey. Because I set the intention. Mm-hmm. I set the intention and I set the expectation and understanding. They understand. As a matter of fact, they're like, you got conference calls, you got webinars. Mm-hmm. How long are you going to do on, be on this conference calls, these webinars, whatever? Because they know that no matter what, that's my space. And then what I have in turn had to learn is absolutely that, when, that they deserve their time and space too. So when I am with them, I'm not plugging into those other things anymore which is not easy because this is, a, look, it's a bit of an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really having to work hard on that part. But um, and it, the, point, the point is to be mindful of that. So as we are going into Chapter 3, 
Soul gave us that little juicy insight into Chapter 3. What are you thinking? This is going to be good stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just have to know because I feel your wheels turning. Christina, I cannot wait to just read this and just put my content in. You know I'm going into the water cooler. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that we're going into this because the first two chapters, they are difficult because it goes into our past. And for me, I felt like I was still in that moment. I I was struggling to get out of it. Unfortunately, there are some things that we have to deal with. And the first two chapters dealt with our past. We we came to a value who we are, what we do as, as women, as people, as human beings, because we have all these skills that we were not even aware of. And, and now to go into Chapter 3 and talk about our future, now we start to think about the mind. I know it's going to take me to a whole new level. I cannot wait to put in my content. So, Julia... Listening to what you're saying and thinking about poverty consciousness, like that, those words are just ringing, ringing. Like I haven't had the blog on that one. Thinking about that, would it be fair to say that what you're saying, our work never ends, that we should always be doing this work, applying these principles, because the only way that we're going to really be able to grow and, and make it permanent is to always have that consciousness of it? Is, is that a fair statement? having the consciousness, we're always doing the work. Yeah, I mean, even having a consciousness is work. And it it says it from the beginning of the book that you have to do the work. You have to do the work in order to get the greatest benefit of what's going to be your end result. So, Marsha, I'm just curious. Uh For everybody, but, Marsha, you want to start us off and then we'll tie it up. What are some things that you've... Let me found yourself doing to be applying this work. I'm writing. I mean, really writing with a pen mm-hmm. in a journal. That's really what I started doing because I find that writing it, I can take my pad anywhere and I can actually go to a peaceful, nice little quiet spot, whether it's upstairs in my bedroom, and I can really think, think about what I want, where I'm going, with my journey, I focus back on that question, who am I? Who am I? And I just start writing my thoughts, what we have in our hands, because what we have in our hands is brilliant. You all have to see that, because I sure do, getting other people to see that. Let me just throw this out there, Marcia, and something that I've been very conscious about for myself, and I'm Mm -hmm. still and still working on too. And for everyone else on the team, even if you don't plan on leading a team, if you truly plan on applying this to your life, it, it, it just is, right? I'm being more focused on being the change so that I'm attracting those people. Exactly, yeah. Now, what I'm not doing enough of is expressing that change so that people can see it because I've got an audience. I'm not giving them enough to exactly understand because literally the question of what this program is, it diminishes the more I'm out there showing my change. Now, there are people who have hit me up and have been like, I don't know what it is. Or, you know, I listen to that radio show and I can hear the difference. 
or girl, like you are just on fire. Like I've had those comments, right? But what I've not done a good enough job of is showing them all of that transition so that the story is literally already put together for them. I would suggest maybe being a little more conscious on being consistently the change and sharing consistently the change rather than selling the change. Right. So you have any thoughts or comments or anything? It makes a lot of sense. Yes, it does. And it's something that I learned from the beginning when you – it's all about building relationships and building trust. And when you open up to who you are as a person and people begin – people are going to connect with you. And once they see that change, they want to know more about you. They want to – you're opening up your heart and your soul to – the universe is going to give it right back to you. If it's all good, you're going to get it in return, double-fold. And that's what I learned about building relationships and being truthful and honest. You can't make everybody happy, but I realized that when I'm being truthful and honest, people really value me as a person, and they want to know more about me, and they want to be connected to me. Mm -hmm. So your story is very, very important. I realized that when I'm telling my story, even little bits and pieces of my story, you would be surprised that there are other people going through the same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This lady... For quite a while now, literally, I had to tell her, I had to send her a message because she keeps messaging me. And I had to tell her that I've been trying to help and guide her, but that she doesn't seem to want to take my help. I mean, I had to point blank put it out there to her. I told her, you keep telling me the same things wanting change and branding and exposure for your business. And when I have a program that could help you, you keep telling me. You keep putting everything on hold. So she finally came back to me in a message. She just told me, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I agree with you. So I'll be talking to her tonight, but honestly, sometimes you do have to put it straight out to them, especially when they you've invited them to come and listen to what Soul has to offer. They're so wrapped up in their own situation in life, and all you hear them do is, complain or keep putting things off for themselves, you have to put it in plain language for them. (laughs) That brings me to the the last thing that I wanted to talk about, which is sort of that paying it forward kind of thing, how value. Because Saul alluded to it that we have to, in general, it's not a have to thing. It's what what are you finding your value in? And your value is in learning. Right. Right. And this is not it. What I'm getting ready to say has nothing to do with the feelings of providing an expectation or anything, but just to plant a seed. Right. It's very important to understand that we can show value and and appreciation in so many ways. We all understand that what this program is and what it can do for us individually is off the charts. But the one way that we can absolutely show gratitude and value to, to soul and to our loved ones and to the people that we haven't even met yet that we want to touch is to actually be sharing this. Yeah. It's a common theme every week. It's kind of like when somebody tells you that they love you, but they don't show you that they love you. You start to really be like, oh, come on, that's a, I'm not feeling what you're saying. So I know for me, I'm definitely, I 
been tweeting, I've been responding back in the blogs and stuff, but I know that I can do more and I need to be doing more and I am going to start doing more right now today to get this word out. That's how we can show that appreciation and and thanks to soul and to each other because we're all putting something on the line here. And I don't know if you ladies have listened to any of the other guests that he has listed on his page. Yeah. They're pretty I listen. Oh, yeah. I listen I to it. Too. I listen to it because it's important that for me. I've noticed that listening to all these, and I've been listening to them for weeks. And, and I'm it's like, helped amazed. Me. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps me because they have different perspectives than we have. They're in a yeah. different place in their life. They have different, uh, things different. So it only ripens the experience. Yeah. And we have team clarity that we want to support. We want to support this program in general. And we have a broader team, which is everybody who has is a part of planning what I'm worth, Soul University, all of that, supporting yeah. them yeah. Exactly. by listening to their shows and commenting on their comments and sharing their posts. That's exactly because, right. Because that's here's, how it, it all ties together for all of us when you think about it. Because yeah. Soul is sharing this with us, and we are sharing back so everybody can see that this program is so worth it. And that's how we have to come across. We have to come across that they are missing out on the most amazing journey in this program. We just have to do it. We have to be it. Like the frustration, let me just be direct. We're all in business, so we all understand that whole getting people to see my opportunity kind of thing, right? But in specifically in this program, I'm just saying, I've looked at myself and I can say for me, the people that are on the fence or the people that are not jumping in is because I haven't shown them enough. Now, I'm asking you directly. You have to answer that. You don't have to answer it to me. But you can just look at yourself in the mirror and say, has Marsha, have I shown it? Have I been paying that forward enough so that people can see it? And if so, then you don't need to pound the table. You just go on to the next one. And this is that spirit of reciprocation, right? Right, right. When you do the thing. So when I do the thing, so like when, when Soul tweets something and I retweet it and I favorite it, or when Soul posts a recording and I go out there and I share that recording or I blog about the recording, then I'm not only showing and being and doing the thing, but I'm also igniting that spirit of reciprocation to the universe and attracting it right back to me. Exactly. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense, Christina. Because I know one thing. Everybody's a powerful leader in this thing, right? Everybody is. Everybody's got some powerful skills. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you to get your thing going because I... You, you, you remind me, Marcia, you know what I think about when I think when I think about you and get your team started? Is um, you, you know how on the red, like the rodeos before they raise the fence up and the bulls like acting crazy in that little cage and the and you see the riders like jostling up and down? Like <laughs> I see you like open up this fence, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Like, it's exciting to see it. To be it honest, does. Right. It does. It really does. 
and to be able to share this and uh, be a vessel to be able to share this with other people. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like crazy, crazy. And we have been on the line for a while. We've done some really good work today. I'm excited about what we're doing and excited to move to the next chapter. Ladies, have a good one, and appreciate it. You have a good day, okay? All righty. Thank Alrighty. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good day, ladies. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Christina Irvin here, and I want to thank you for joining us as we continue to explore worth as it relates to life's abundance. If you resonate with this discussion and know that it's time to make a change, we start new teams on the first Saturday of every month, and I encourage you to take action now. Until next time, you have a great day. To get involved in Christina's classes, call her at 423 737 5809. Again, Christina's number is 423-737-5809. If you'd like one email reminder of upcoming shows, be sure to click on the follow button at the top of our Blog Talk Radio page. To connect to that page, just simply go to bit.ly forward slash pay radio. Aloha. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.